I'm well aware that as far as youthful audiences are concerned, that uh, death happens to other people, um, old people, people uh, quite different from yourselves, people whom you will not come to resemble. Um, it does, at the end of the day, come to us all, alas, um, farther I hope it will be from what you're worrying and thinking about most of the time. And of course it's very important in, in, in modern demography because uh, as the, the uh, population ageing effect of low fertility fades away, uh, and becomes incorporated into the population age structure. In due course, uh, all uh, future population aging uh, will be caused by continued increases or whatever increases there are in expectations of life at birth uh, that in the future will drive a population aging um, and will of course somewhat mitigate uh, the effects of low birth rate on population decline. Um, uh, it's also, of course, a subject of immense uh, scientific uh, interest and, uh, and, and possibly slightly macabre curiosity as well. This is the only lecture that I'll give on mortality. I'll, it'll have to be a mixture of um, empirical description and I hope a, an attempt at some sort of analysis a, as to what's going on, why it's going on, what the causes are, uh, and all the rest of it. So, These are the sorts of things that, that I want to talk about. First of all, a simple description of the trends, um, uh, the components of mortality decline, the causes of death, um, attempts at explaining uh, what's been going on, uh, and then to, to look at, to the future, to see what might happen next, what the prospects for longer life might be, um, what the, the, the current uh, little bits of evidence are for, for the, the prospects of living longer. This is just to remind you of the pattern of mortality and to remind you of how hugely varied uh, the risk of mortality is by age. Um, this is a, a, a log-transformed graph uh, of the life table death rate, QX, uh, for uh, male and females in England and Wales around about 2001. It's, it's um, about the same nowadays, slightly better. It gets better every year. But this is, you can take it more or less the pattern uh, of risk that we are all exposed to. Um, this varies a, a thousandfold. That's why it's transformed into a logarithm. Because uh, if it's not transformed into a logarithm, uh, all this variation here down at the low end of mortality disappears from view, as you will see in, in the next slide. Um, uh, what this shows is that we have an infant mortality rate of about four deaths per thousand per year, uh, which is very, very low. It's not the lowest in the world by any means. As we'll see, it's very low down here. Um, mortality is, is almost negligible in some European countries, some smaller European countries, um, fr from time to time. There are no deaths recorded at certain single years of age. I think there were no deaths recorded of children aged eight in Sweden about ten years ago, for example. Um, if we could experience the, the, the rates of mortality which we enjoyed when we were uh, little children aged eight, nine, ten, um, as you recall from, from last term perhaps, we could live for 800 years. Unfortunately, that is not given to us. Um, from that uh, um, uh, rather heavenly state of, of, of survival, uh, things get worse into adolescence, um, peaking around, um, forgive my saying so, uh, your time of life, um, um, as uh, uh, certain kinds of reckless behaviour, especially among men, become predominant with their girlfriends dragging along in their train. Then things calm down. Um, and then from about 30 or so onwards, uh, we, we, the Gompertz curve takes over, this uh, uh, exponentially increasing um, um, progression of rates of mortality with age, uh, which continues uh, continuously right until, until old age. There's some alteration of the exponential rate of the, of the Gompertz curve in very old age, so that things don't go on getting uh, quite as bad as you might expect, but more of that uh, later on. 
Of course, you'll all know that, that when a, an exponential curve, one that's going like that, getting worse and worse and worse, is transformed into relative, what you get is a straight line, and that's effectively what we've got here, two straight lines of mortality going up through the, the logarithmic scale, uh, indicating the, the advance of mortality, first of all, uh, unimportant. When it gets to about sort of 60, 70-ish, it starts getting um, a, 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 a bit um, concerning. Uh, people of my age start getting rather too many funeral notices of our friends uh, for, for, uh, for comfort, but uh, it gets really bad uh, around here, but more of that later. <coughs> this is the, the same data, uh, or rather the same life table, turned into a, a different form. What we've got here is a non-log transformed uh, rate of mortality, the, the non-transformed QX curve. Uh, the, 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 uh, the uh, rate of death uh, from one year to the next. Now, as I, as I said, when it's not log-transformed, all that variation around childhood, infancy, uh, and young adulthood disappears from view. It becomes completely invisible because it's so, so low compared with the mortality which experienced uh, later on after age 60, 70, 80, uh, and so forth. This is the, the actual curve of death. This is the number of deaths uh, each year. And you can see that according to this life table, the, the modal age of death the most common age of death uh, in the mortality of England and Wales at uh, the present time is, is just over age 80. Most people who die uh, nowadays die over age 80. It's, it's, uh, um, it, it's that late. <coughs> this is the, the track of that period expectation of life at birth. This is just the, the life table calculation of expectation of life at birth in England and Wales from 1850 um, right until about 2010. And you can see that two general characteristics. One, a general rate of improvement. Two, um, uh, the superiority of female survival over male survival. This is the, the expectation of life of, of females, of course. This of males. Um, the, uh, the rather modest pattern of, of improvement in the first uh, decade or two of this graph, hardly any change at all. Partly, as, as you'll recall, due to the transfer of the population from the, the more healthy, or perhaps I should say less unhealthy, countryside to the more unhealthy towns. The actual uh, rate of improvement, irrespective of that, was, was, getting, was, was increasing, but because of the transfer of population to less healthy areas with very rapid urbanization, um, no overall change is apparent. And then we see the, 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 the improvement getting stronger from the 1860s, 1870s onwards, the uh, magnitude of the uh, of crisis mortality of epidemic disease getting smaller and smaller and smaller, uh, particular improvements uh, in the interwar years from between the 1920s and the 1950s, and then a rather more modest but rather linear level of improvement uh, up to the present day, with a widening of the gap between males and females. Down here, the difference between female expectation of life at birth and male was only about two and a bit years. By the time we get up to here, it's, it's four, four and a half or so, something of that kind although narrowing slightly for reasons we'll go into later on. <coughs> Just to remind you there are other ways of measuring mortality and uh, to remind you particularly not to be misled by trends in the crude death rate uh, in developed countries. If you look at the graph of the crude death rate in recent decades in, in, in developed countries, it will appear to you that there's no improvement whatsoever. Uh, and in some countries it's even possible to see an increase in the crude death rate, which seems contrary to reason. Um, that, that is a, a perfectly true uh, reflection of what the crude death rate is telling you, but the crude death rate is not telling you the truth as opposed to the real risks of mortality. 
crude death rates are, are stationary or not improving very much or even getting worse in developed countries um, because the age structure is getting older. More, more of the population is concentrated in ages where the risks of death are very high. Ergo, the crude death rate, simply deaths divided by population uh, per year, is, is bound uh, not to change very much. If you look at the age standardized death rate, that is to say uh, a, a, a crude death rate adjusted for the fact that the population age structure is changing uh, to, to remove that factor, you see quite a different picture. Um, here is the age standardized uh, death rate for the uh, 15 countries of the, the, the old European Union. Uh, this here is, is the crude death rate, as you see, from 1970 to uh, 2002, showing hardly any improvement. This is the age standardized death rate, um, getting rid of this age structure factor, showing the, the true rate of mortality. And it indicates, just like the, the trend in the expectation of life at birth in the England and Wales data in the previous slide, it shows a, a continuous and substantial improvement over time, which so far has shown no signs of diminishing. This is a... a, a oh, hmm. This is a, a, a similar um, example from the United States. It's very common throughout the, the, the industrial world, except for Eastern Europe, of which more in a moment. Here is the crude uh, death rate for the United States from 1960 up to 2005. Here's the age-adjusted pattern. Same thing as we saw in Europe. Uh, the age-adjusted pattern gives you a, a, a very substantial uh, improvement over time. Again, not showing any signs of diminution. Here are two of the best performers. These, these get the prize, as it were, for, for the longest life uh, so far. Um, um, the, the solid lines are females. The, the, the lines with, with, with the markers on are, are males. Um, uh, leading the pack, of course, is Japan, uh, Japanese females with an expectation of life at birth um, by uh, 2008 up to about 86 and a half, um, exceeding, of course, the pessimistic uh, speculations of, of, of uh, uh, Jay Orshansky and his colleagues. But, of course, that's just for one country and one sex, not for the whole of the developed world, um, with uh, Swiss females uh, uh, just behind. Uh, and for comparison, the, the rather more mediocre performance of the UK. Here are UK females still following the same trend, uh, but, but not so, um, uh, so impressively. Uh, and diverging, if you go back to the 1950s, um, uh, the mortality rates were, were really very similar. We've uh, lost ground compared with the Swiss. Uh, and here are the males where the divergence is, is less great, with, with, with England and Wales still uh, below uh, the other two. The story is not always one of um, um, uh, um, substantial improvement. Here is uh, uh, <coughs> France, where uh, France, which has the lowest mortality for females anywhere uh, in continental Europe, uh, con contrasted with Denmark uh, and the US. For males, the pattern of mortality is, is not dissimilar. For females, there's an interesting divergence whereby um, the mortality of French females continues to, to uh, re reduce uh, expectation of life, continues to increase it just uh, below 85 at the present time, uh, whereas that of, of, of Danish females uh, in, in blue and American females in green um, had a period of uh, almost complete stagnation here where, where there, were, there was no improvement uh, whatsoever. Uh, that has now come to an end and it's now picking up. Almost certainly that this, this was due to lifestyle habits, particularly due to, to levels of smoking. So it, the epidemiologists believe. So it's not always uh, uninterrupted progress. It's not always uh, plain sailing. And indeed, you can see, if you look at the Danish males uh, here, uh, a period of almost zero improvement in expectation of life of birth, stuck at about 71, 
uh, ever since the 1950s up, up till uh, the mid-1970s. Again, it is thought due to the high prevalence of, of smoking-related deaths from which most populations are now liberating themselves um, among the male population, but then uh, really imposed a, a flattening effect on mortality. So much so, um, and so widespread was that in the developed world that it was supposed back in the 1960s that um, the possibility of improvements in expectation of life had ground to a halt uh, and that the patterns of heart disease, um, cancer, stroke were inexorable uh, consequences of old age uh, and nothing much could be done about them and we sort of hit the buffers as far as improvements in expectation of life uh, were concerned. Um, and you can see why there should be so much pessimism if you cut the graph off about here, for males anyway. Uh, uh, but th that is all now in the past and things are uh, back on track for improvement. Not everywhere. These are the, the extraordinary uh, divergent patterns uh, of, of the expectation of life of males uh, in Western Europe compared with communist or former communist Eastern Europe and the former Soviet Union. Uh, what we have here uh, are the expectations of life uh, for Japan in blue, for Switzerland in pale blue, uh, for um, this is Greece uh, in, 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 in purple, um, and this, I guess, this, is a, this must be France, compared with uh, Russia, uh, Ukraine, Belarus, and Hungary. And as you can see, uh, back in the 1960s, I I if, if you looked at these patterns of mortality, they were not really distinguishable. Uh, many of the countries of, of Eastern Europe had rather similar expectations of life uh, at birth to those uh, in Western Europe. And this was, uh, of course, a, a source of enormous consolation to the communist powers in, 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 uh, in the Cold War period when Khrushchev was threatening to bury us and all the rest of it. All that change, that was the peak in the 1960s. From then onwards, <coughs> things went downhill, or, or at, least at the very best failed to be improved throughout the entire communist world. Uh, I've only got three examples from the former Soviet Union and one from Central Europe, uh, Hungary. But uh, as you can see, that the pattern is, is very similar. Um, uh, this uh, various hypotheses advanced to, uh, to uh, um, try to explain this, which I'll try to uh, uh, talk about very briefly later on. But the fact is, is undoubted. Um, uh, there is also, it's important to realize, uh, while there was a, 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 a marked reduction in, in survival uh, immediately after the end of communism, uh, very much shown in, in Russia, also in, in Ukraine to a modest extent in, in Belarus. Um, essentially, that was just a, a brief hiatus. The important thing about this mortality isn't, isn't the transient worsening of the position uh, after the collapse of communism and the, all the chaos which accompanied that. Uh, it's much more that the fact that this pattern continued uh, right until uh, recent years, and only the last two or three years has things, have things improved somewhat uh, in Russia. But this level here, which is the expectation of life of birth of 63, um, it's about uh, 12 or 14 years lower uh, than that in, in contemporary Western Europe and is the level of a, a, of a rather poor third world country uh, and is a really very remarkable phenomenon, uh, of which more later. But do notice that those countries in, in the former Soviet Union um, uh, uh, have stayed put in this, in this dismal position. Uh, Hungary, which uh, uh, emancipated itself from that system back in, in 1989, 1990, um, has now resumed the upward track which you uh, would have been expected of it uh, back in the 1950s, but which it was diverted from uh, by this episode of, of, of change of control. Uh, this is just to, to, to pictorialize that and to show how interesting, um, uh, how interesting one can see an east-west gradient in, in survival. This is a WHO data from 2005, expectation of life at birth 
divided into quintiles, in, into fifths uh, of the distribution. Uh, the, the, the paler, the worse. Uh, and you can see that it, it's worst over in the east. It, it gets a bit better in, in Central Europe now. Um, and um, the darker countries are the ones with the most superior levels of survival. This is, this is both sexes put together. Uh, and uh, you can see that um, uh, uh, France and Spain and Italy do rather well. Um, Scandinavia does rather well. Uh, uh, Germany, the low countries, Britain are a bit mediocre, uh, along with, um, with uh, Austria. Infant mortality still varies greatly. These data are 10 years old, but the pattern is, is, is the same, although it's a bit lower almost everywhere. Um, you can't read which countries are which, but I've color-coded them. <coughs> the countries of the former Soviet Union are appropriately in red. Uh, uh, Russia, Moldova, uh, Belarus, um, uh, uh, Latvia, Estonia, uh, Lithuania. Uh, countries uh, uh, in former Yugoslavia uh, are, are green. Um, uh, here is... Uh, um, uh, um, sorry, in, in Central Europe, the Greens is Poland, uh, Slovakia, uh, uh, and Hungary. Um, down here, predictably, is Scandinavia, Iceland, Sweden, Finland, uh, Norway, um, uh, Luxembourg doing best of all. Of course, Luxembourg has got a GDP per head of $45,000 uh, per head per year compared to about $35,000 anywhere else. So if that can't buy you long life, then I don't know what can. Um, uh, here is Central Europe in, in, in purple, uh, Austria, Germany, France, and so on. A very interesting gradient from about uh, 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 infant mortality rate of three deaths, three infant deaths per thousand births per year, up to about um, um, 18 or 19 at, at the other extreme. Interesting also to point out that there's quite a lot of variation within countries, which I haven't got time to go into, but which is certainly uh, an interesting phenomenon. Um, the the old-fashioned pattern whereby mortality rates in the countryside, in, in low, lower density, rural areas, suburban areas, small towns, are superior, lower, as it were, than those in, in, in major cities, still obtains. And you can see in England and Wales two sorts of, of, of gradients, which are fairly typical of Western Europe. First of all, the, the southern, more prosperous part, the Bristol Channel uh, to the Wash, uh, is, is paler, has a uh, 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 lower mortality, longer expectation of life uh, than, th th than uh, the, the, that part of the country uh, to the north and to the west. The former old industrial areas, South Wales here, um, the, the Midlands here, North Yorkshire, um, uh, Newcastle uh, and, and such areas, and also most of London have higher death rates. The country areas have pale death rates. Not all, not all of London, of course, has high death rates. This is London magnified. This white blob here um, is Kensington and Chelsea, as perhaps you might expect. Uh, but uh, really quite substantial differences in, 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 in standardized mortality ratio. This goes from, if I can read it, uh, from 120, about 122 up to, up to uh, 200 here, uh, down to about 50 here. So very considerable variation in, in SMR uh, from one part of the country to another. Uh, also, of course, from uh, social class. These are uh, social class mortality rates. Uh, again, social... Uh, um, uh, standardized mortality ratios for men uh, in, in age 2064 from the, from the longitudinal study. And as you can see, social class one in, in pink um, has an SMR of about, what's this, about, about 70 or so, compared with one of, of, of about uh, 170 for social class five unskilled manual workers. 
and uh, another, a terrible graph which I uh, borrowed from um, uh, the Health Inequalities of Sustainable Supplement. I'm sorry for the ghastly colour scheme and the obscurity of it. It does, it does make the point, if I can explain what the colours mean. Uh, this is the diversity within um, um, by SMR for men aged 264 by different causes of death. And these are, now look, look on, on here, uh, on, on the left we have um, strokes. This is mortality by stroke, and th this is social class one, social class two, three uh, non-manual, three manual, uh, four and five. Major uh, uh, difference here. Uh, this is ischemic heart disease, heart attacks essentially, coronary thrombosis, very important cause of death. Um, this is lung cancer, even more substantial difference because of the differences in smoking habits between social classes. Um, here is accidents and violence, uh, and, and, and these are, uh, this, is, uh, this is suicide. The only major difference, as you can see, is exception, is skin cancer. Skin cancer um, uh, primarily uh, caused by excessive ir irradiation by ultraviolet light. This is mostly malignant melanoma rather than other kinds of skin cancer which are curable. Um, malignant melanoma has all sorts of causes, but it's particularly provoked by ex strong exposure to sunlight. This reflects the ability of people to go overseas to the lovely south of France and Spain and such places for their holidays. Uh, back in 1991, anyway, that was more um, uh, uh, customary among richer people, among social class one and two, than, than elsewhere. That's why the mortality gradient is reversed. This is now much less true, partly because many more people can afford to go abroad to hot countries to enjoy their holidays, also because of the growing popularity of, of, of sunbeds uh, and, and clinics for, for giving artificial sun, suntans, which are often far too powerful in terms of the radiation which they give. The only other major exception which you would get to that expected social class gradient is in cancer of the female breast, which isn't here, but where there's a, a, a slight higher level among higher social class because of a delay in childbearing characteristic of that. One of the major risk factors for cancer of the female breast is delaying childbearing um, uh, has an effect upon hormones which, which uh, generate risk factors for con contracting that disease. What about the causes? I've talked a bit about the causes already. I need to talk a bit more. This is a document which you will not see unless you're gazing down from heaven above with your own name on it. This is the medical certificate of cause of death, which by law um, has to be signed before you can be buried or cremated. Uh, and it, it is an attempt to assign uh, the cause of death which led to your demise which is often very difficult because, of course, the, the, the immediate cause of death um, uh, may not be the one which is clinically and epidemiologically and demographically interesting. You may have um, a, a, a hemorrhage in your aorta, for example, or a brain hemorrhage, uh, and that's the immediate cause of death, and that's what will be entered here. But the, the reason why you might have that um, is, is what really matters, what the underlying cause of that in immediate cause of death would be, and that could be a diabetes or it could be atherosclerosis uh, or, or all sorts of other diseases of a more chronic nature uh, which predispose you to, 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 to a violent end of, of that sort. Of course, it may also be that your loss of blood from hemorrhage might be because someone has stuck a knife in your chest, uh, in which case that would go under um, one, of, one of the external causes of death of, of accidents and violence. Um, there, are, there is a, a very elaborate international agreed classification of causes of death. There are 999 officially agreed ways in which you can die, uh, each of which is, is, is subdivided among uh, many other causes because, of course, the human body is enormously complicated. There are lots and lots and lots of ways in which you can go wrong. 
Nowadays, um, there are particular problems because, of course, given that most people die when they're aged over 80, by the time we're 80, we've acquired all sorts of terrible things. We've got little hemorrhages in our brain. Um, we, we've probably got cancer. We're not dying of it. Uh, we may well have some kind of diabetes. Uh, and the problem may be working out which of the morbid conditions from which you're suffering is actually the one which led to the, uh, the, the cause of death. And so, and that's difficult to do. It requires a great deal of clinical research to, to sort it out, and from time to time, ideas on it are revised. Um, and, and this down here, in, in this part of the form, um, the, the, the clinician is meant to write down um, um, what the other morbid conditions are from which the person is suffering, which, which uh, um, did not directly cause death, but might have been indirectly contributed uh, to it. And quite often, there'd be four or five or six such causes. Um, it's not allowed to put down a diet of old age. Uh, that, 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 that was forbidden because it was too vague and unhelpful uh, many decades ago. It may well be that as time goes on and people live longer and longer and longer, accumulate more and more morbid conditions, that it becomes impossible to do anything else uh, except in, 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 in rather specific circumstances. Um, the last government was always keen to look on the bright side, uh, and uh, th this, th they, just to cheer up the dead, uh, they introduced um, a new uh, attractive death certificate. Uh, out went that grey document that I pointed out before, and in came uh, a nice document in pastel colours embossed with, with the red rose uh, uh, for England and Wales and for other, other devices elsewhere. Nonetheless, the, the, the mortality remained uh, the same. This is uh, the pattern for England and Wales from 1970 to 2009, showing the rise and fall of diseases. We're accustomed, I think, to supposing that um, heart disease and stroke and things uh, are, are, are always with us, or possibly even on the increase. Um, one hears about an epi epidemic of cancer. Neither of these things are true. Um, back in the... Uh, the, the first half of the 20th century, it's certainly true that here in England and Wales uh, and in other countries as well, um, uh, deaths from what came to be called diseases of affluence were predictably and expectedly uh, going up. Um, uh, the, the, this is the, uh, these are um, age-standardized mortality rates for, this is for um, uh, circulatory disease. That would include ischemic heart disease, heart attacks, coronary thrombosis, and strokes. Uh, th this is respiratory disease. Uh, tuberculosis and influenza going down, as you might expect, as health conditions improve. This is cancer, uh, um, and this is infectious disease diminishing down to more or less nothing. Um, until the middle of the century, around about here, as you see, uh, the standardized death rate from, from circulatory disease, which is the most important cause of death, was actually going up partly because the population was getting older and therefore moving, as it were, its centre of gravity into that part of the, uh, of the distribution where uh, these risks become very much more severe. Uh, people of your age don't get that kind of condition. People of my age do. Um, but it also because of a change of diet, a change of activity, all, all sorts of risk factors were increasing at that time. Um, cigarette smoking was increasing. At that time, the, um, uh, so the um, standardized mortality ratios uh, for, uh, for um, circulatory disease by social class were the reverse of what you saw in that previous graph. It was the, uh, the better off people who were dropping dead from heart attacks, not, not the workers uh, do doing manual work. That's now completely reversed. In those days, though, uh, it, it, was, it was thought to be clearly, really, genuinely, disease of affluence. The richer you got, the better your diet, uh, the worse things were from the point of view of heart attacks. Cancer also was, was creeping upwards, and 
peaked around about 1971-1981. Since then, things have got a lot better. In England and Wales, as elsewhere, there's been a huge reduction in mortality from circulatory disease, partly because great, uh, of great improvements in lifestyle, um, uh, the decline in smoking, the, the recognition of the importance of diet, uh, all sorts of other things, plus, of course, uh, it really important innovations in, in, in drug control of blood pressure and cholesterol and the other risk factors of circulatory disease um, and surgical intervention, bypass surgery, stents, uh, uh, all the other things w which, which you read about uh, which can uh, save life in a way completely uh, impossible 30 or 40 years ago. And that's why uh, it is going down this so dramatically, now lower than it was in 1911 uh, and still um, heading downwards. Cancer, much more troublesome. Cancer, of course, is, is a, a whole variety of diseases. Almost every organ in the body can, can become cancerous. And so it's a complex of diseases some of which are uh, improving um, in, in terms of their survival after treatment um, and also are declining in terms of their, uh, of their prevalence, uh, like um, uh, stomach cancer, for example, others of which remain rather intractable with rather poor uh, five-year or ten-year survival rates, but nonetheless generally going down. That's for males, similar pattern for females, but of course lower, reflecting the, the female advantage, in, in, uh, especially in circulatory disease uh, and, and also uh, in, in cancers. Although showing a slight bulge here as the, the late uh, onset of smoking-related diseases among women starts to make an effect uh, around here, whereas um, it had peaked some time earlier among males because males take up these bad habits before women do. This is just to, to point out the, the interruptions which you get when um, uh, the international classification is, is revised. Uh, it, as I pointed out earlier on, it's very difficult sometimes to work out exactly what the clinical, physiological, biological uh, changes are, are, are which are leading to, to causes of death. Um, and, and therefore, the International Classification of Diseases, the ICD, is revised every, every few years. Uh, the revisions are marked by these vertical lines in this graph from, from the US. And you can see that there's a, a sometimes some discontinuities, uh, mostly small, but there's a, a, a bigger one here, for example, when, when, when certain subdivisions of the cause of death are, are realized actually to belong somewhere else and to be, to be misdiagnosed. Uh, also important to realize that sometimes rapid increases in causes of death um, are caused not so much because that particular condition is genuinely becoming more common, but because it's being recognized as, as a genuine clinical entity and previously wasn't. Uh, the obvious example is Alzheimer's disease. Uh, this pale uh, green line here is the mortality from <coughs> Alzheimer's disease, um, almost negligible in, in about 1980, um, and now, of course, rising up to, to a high level and, and, and uh, reclassified uh, in 2000. Alzheimer's disease was certainly with us back here. It just wasn't diagnosed or rather recognized as a clinical entity. Another example of that is the, is, is, is are the so-called cot deaths, the um, uh, sudden unexpected death syndrome of infants, uh, which isn't on this graph, but it was not recognized at all uh, back in the 1970s, uh, and, and then once it became recognized, uh, shot up to quite a high level within the context of infant mortality, which, of course, is at an absolutely l low level. This is a log-scale graph, and so it gives you a misleading impression of the decline of heart disease and cancer in the U.S., uh, the reduction which this graph uh, embodies from 1958 uh, until 2005 is actually very great. It, it, it's even bigger than, than that uh, which we saw in England and Wales. Japan is different. 
Generally speaking, in the developed world, it's the same, the same trio of, of, of bad things that cause, uh, cause death uh, in, in older age. Uh, in Japan, the pattern uh, has always been uh, different. The cerebrovascular disease stroke um, started off being more important than heart disease, quite unlike Western Europe. Uh, uh, cancer, malignant neoplasms, uh, was, uh, 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 has become the most important cause of death, um, putting these in the shade. And, and cancer is going up in Japan, despite the fact that, as we know, expectation of life at birth is very favorable. It may well be that if this trend continues, and this goes up to uh, 2008, uh, that the, the, the Japanese superiority in, in survival may, may stutter to an, to an end. We, we will have to wait and see. Huge variation within Europe in, in these causes. The left-hand column is uh, ischemic heart disease, uh, chronic and acute uh, heart disease, the single most important cause of death in most developed countries. These are the standardized death rates. Um, uh, never mind all the data, all the detail. The, this is ranked, the table is ranked according to the magnitude of the death rate from circulatory disease. Um, as you can see, France has the, the lightest burden, 49. Ukraine has 10 times uh, the level, 499. Uh, UK not doing terribly well. Um, but things get a lot worse when you, when you move from, from Western Europe uh, in, into, uh, in, into Eastern Europe with Romania, Russia, Ukraine, uh, and Europe as a whole being 216. So we're, uh, we're less than the European average, but uh, not doing terribly well compared with others. Uh, CVD is cerebrovascular disease, which is stroke. Uh, uh, PAD is pulmonary artery disease, uh, blood clots in the pulmonary artery, which is a, an important cause of death, but often misdiagnosed. Very likely, I think, this very great variation here is partly due uh, to, to changes in diagnosis. Uh, it, it's difficult to believe that a pulmonary artery disease in, in UK can be only about a, a third of the level in Germany, for example. Cancer, likewise, um, th this, is, this table is ranked according to the magnitude of, of, of uh, uh, cancer according to various different causes. Trachea, bronchus, and lung, lung cancer here varying about twofold between Portugal uh, there and, and, and uh, Poland there with Hungary doing worse. So the, the, the worst ones are, are in um, heavy type. These are the patterns uh, for ischemic heart disease by geography, re reflecting, as you would imagine, given the enormous importance of ischemic heart disease, uh, the, the pattern of overall mortality, which I uh, displayed earlier on. Uh, dark means worse uh, in, in this particular graph. Um, and we see the east-west gradient, uh, and we see also the traditional superiority of, 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 of uh, France, Italy, and Scandinavia compared with uh, um, uh, Germany, Poland, Austria, um, and England and Wales. So there's a, a, a north-south, a rather patchy north-south U-shaped gradient as well as a very clear east-west gradient in these patterns of mortality. Still there are substantial levels of, of, uh, of difference in mortality between countries you know, doing rather, living rather similar ways of life, doing the same kind of job, driving the same kind of car, um, eating more, not quite the same kind of food, but not all that different. Uh, nonetheless, enormous differences in, in, in mortality risk, which are very interesting as well as being rather serious. That's just stroke, and we'll move on uh, from that. So we have, we have a lot to explain, and uh, lots of possible explanations for it. Uh, there are obviously, within, within these countries in the developed world, differences in, in, in national wealth. Um, from um, 45,000 US dollars per year equivalent in Luxembourg down to about 15,000 in some of the East European countries or even less than that. Um, national health expenditure, private and public, varies considerably between countries. 
Um, inequality of health, which Wilkinson uh, is very keen on, on uh, emphasising as an important determinant of overall mortality, notably in his controversial new book called The Spirit Level, is another important contender. Um, all that's related to the underlying clinical risk factors for mortality, typically, of course, the kinds of, of diseases we're talking about, um, high levels of cholesterol, blood pressure, uh, smoking habits, excessive drinking, especially binge drinking, um, and other uh, aspects of lifestyle. But those are, are the most important. And also we'll find, I think, in Eastern Europe especially, um, that um, uh, politics matters. Politics matters in, in terms of the, the extent to which uh, the national wealth is turned into health expenditure. Different countries have different priorities. Um, politics also matters in terms of freedom of, of information, uh, in, in the extent to which it's possible or easy to discuss causes of death, if the extent to which um, um, public discussion can, can really take account of, of, of um, um, what's going on with, with, uh, um, uh, with the national mortality levels, what are the risk factors. Uh, in, we are accustomed to a situation where there are dozens and dozens of magazines devoted to healthy living and all kinds of uh, gossip and information, some of it contradictory about how, how to live a long and healthy life. Uh, in other countries, particularly in the East, in the past especially, this has not been possible, partly because the data haven't been there and partly because the freedom of information hasn't been there to discuss it. This is uh, total health expenditure um, in, in, in uh, uh, dollars, U.S. dollars per head, um, around about around about 2005. Um, as as you might expect, uh, there's an east-west gradient which fits the, the pattern we saw before. I'm afraid this graph does not actually show very closely the difference between the the the, the, uh, the, the top quartile and the and the, uh, the, the middle uh, and the next quartile down, which is a shame, uh, because it, uh, it, uh, it, it's better on the screen. Um, it, sh it shows that, that, that um, uh, there's more expenditure, as you see here in, in, in Germany and in France and in, uh, and in the Netherlands, uh, in Switzerland and Austria, rather less in, in, in Italy and Spain uh, and, and the UK, rather more in Norway, rather less in Sweden. The data aren't here, but, but uh, I think you probably already know from other sources that the, the correlation between uh, health expenditure in, in US dollars per head, uh, standardized for exchange rates, or any other measure on the one hand, uh, and any measure of national health is not very great. Of course it's true that the richer countries uh, which spend more of, of, their G of their bigger GDP on health than the poorer countries uh, uh, tend to do better. That's not surprising. But within the richer countries, the correlation is really quite weak. Uh, uh, the U.S. spends about 15% of its very considerable GDP upon health and produces really rather mediocre results, no better than the average of Western Europe, where, where health expenditure is, I think, universally lower. Um, uh, uh, Germany, which, which spends about the same per capita as France, does not have the, the, the same uh, French superior uh, levels of survival, particularly uh, among females. Uh, Italy and Spain, uh, which don't spend all that much compared with others uh, on, on, uh, on health, but taking all expenditure together, as, as we saw, have very superior levels of survival compared with, with the rest. Norway and Sweden aren't that different in health expenditure, but, uh, uh, sorry, are that different in health expenditure, but they're, they're about the same in terms of survival rates. So there's a lot more to it than proportion of GDP spent upon health. 
what about these diseases of affluence? Can we understand anything, anything uh, f from those? Um, are they, as used to be thought, uh, the inevitable consequence of old age, something which is powerfully age-related uh, and inexorably age-related and, and, and which uh, cannot uh, really be uh, controlled or modified very much? Or um, are they susceptible to intervention either by uh, a more... Uh, um, knowledge-based form of healthy living and um, high-powered medical intervention. The, the latter uh, appears to be true, uh, and it's clear that there's been a, a shift in that diseases of affluence are no longer diseases of affluence. These diseases of affluence, the heart disease, the cancer, the strokes, uh, and all the rest of them, uh, which used to be uh, more common in richer countries than poorer countries, more common among rich, richer people than poorer people in the first half of the 20th century, for example, uh, has now shifted around. Uh, they are now more common among poorer people than richer people in, in the, the developed world, as you saw from the standardized mortality ratios, which I showed earlier on. They're also more common among the poorer group of the developed world countries than among the richer ones. And increasingly, um, to, as it were, reprise the pattern of the early 20th century, they're becoming more common uh, among the more developed of the, of the developing world countries, um, uh, where, where heart disease, obesity, and all sorts of other problems are now quite a problem uh, in, in, in among the middle class in, in, in India uh, and also among the middle class in Brazil and other uh, countries of that kind, with obesity levels really at almost European or even British uh, sorts of levels. One of the important variables which, which helps to, to uh, explain the, the, um, uh, the relative weakness of the, uh, of the financial aspect of investment in health uh, are um, uh, lifestyle patterns, particularly the so-called Mediterranean diet. At the risk of sounding like a margarine advert, uh, it really does appear to work. Uh, th this is a, a, a simple diagram of what the ideal Mediterranean diet is, uh, based upon uh, the, the diet characteristic of, of, uh, of parts of Greece, like Crete, uh, some, some decades ago. The, the, the Cretans have now moved on from this very healthy thing and are now becoming fat because they're eating uh, lots of beef and things. But th this is the, 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 the ideal meat, uh, just monthly. Um, uh, eggs, poultry, fish, and, uh, and sweet things uh, weekly, plus and, and wine, lots of cheese and yogurt, uh, olive oil, very central uh, to this. Um, daily consumption of cheese and yogurt, olive oil, fruits, beans, legumes, uh, and vegetables. And this sounds terribly wholesome and boring of me, but it does appear to be true uh, that this does make a difference. Not only does it make a difference uh, in, uh, in, t in terms of helping to explain international differences and why relatively poor countries, especially poor in the past, uh, like Italy uh, and Spain and Greece, um, uh, uh, had uh, low levels of mortality, uh, but also in, in terms of clinical treatment. One of the interestingly... Um, clinching uh, evidences of this is a pattern in Albania. Uh, Albania is a country in, in Eastern Europe, as you know. Um, it was a sort of ur-communist country uh, where the um, communist dictator Enver Hoxha uh, uh, quarreled not only with Stalin but also with Mao and became a completely isolated uh, entity of, uh, 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 all, all by himself, deeply impoverished. He covered the country with over 100,000 little forts, uh, which are still there, uh, sort of concrete bunkers to protect himself from attack from anywhere, uh, behaved with great ferocity towards uh, outsiders of any kind, uh, exterminated religion, uh, none whatever, um, uh, and, and um, kept the country poor. Despite that, the expectation of life at birth in, in, in Albania continued to improve from admittedly low levels throughout the whole of the communist period, quite unlike um, that pattern which I, which I showed earlier on. 
Um, and of course, uh, it, it is now believed the reason for that is, is partly because the poverty of Albania protected it from high levels of, of, of meat and fat intake, but also because Albania, being a country on the Adriatic, a part of the Mediterranean, benefited from this pattern of of, of Mediterranean diet. For quite a long while, things will no doubt change now that Albania is becoming more affluent. Uh, and even more interestingly was the fact that those coastal parts of Albania, uh, where this kind of diet was, was easy to obtain, had superior survival levels to the more mountainous inland parts of Albania, where this was less often practiced. So uh, a, a curious little uh, tiny piece of evidence from, from, the, uh, um, from the more remote parts of, of eastern Europe, southeastern Europe. Um, this rather complex graph is, is just to try and lend some scientific verisimilitude to my generalizations about, about this diet. Not only uh, is, it, is, it, is it a very good contender for helping to explain why some poor southern countries have superior survival rates, it also, even more convincingly, um, when used as a therapeutic measure, has dramatic and predictable results upon levels of mortality. Uh, from heart disease, uh, stroke, and also, surprisingly, Alzheimer's, uh, Parkinson's, and, and other conditions. Um, this is a, a meta-analysis of 12 prospective studies whereby uh, people at risk of, of, of death from these, these conditions in various different countries have been uh, divided into one group which was put onto a conventionally good diet and another group put onto a, a, a more uh, severe Mediterranean diet, a total sample size of 1.5 million people. And all the studies show an improvement. Uh, this is the, the details don't matter, but uh, the, this is no improvement on the left-hand side is improvement. Uh, two steps uh, in the scale of, um, uh, uh, of the Mediterranean diet produce uh, uh, between 10 and 30 percent improvement in survival. Yeah. The alternative diet w w was one which tried to avoid the, the excesses of, of, of meat and fat, which some of those uh, in, in the study had previously been, 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 uh, been following, um, and which was, 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 was what we would regard as a, as a reasonable diet of the kind we normally eat, uh, as opposed to something rather more specialized. It varied between studies. There were 12 studies here, you see, so I don't really know what the average uh, of the 12 was. This has been responsible for some interesting reversals in, in mortality, or so we believe. Um, back, this, this shows the, the, the pattern of mortality in, in uh, Italy on the left and France on the, on the right uh, in different provinces um, from the beginning of the 20th century up to uh, the latter part of the 20th century. This, for example, is uh, Italy in, uh, in uh, 1911. Um, the uh, darker areas uh, are the areas uh, with uh, the... Um, the, the lower survival with higher death rates. And as you can see, as you, as you might imagine, poverty-stricken, uh, malaria-infested uh, southern Italy had higher death rates in those days than, than the more prosperous, more, more as it were, European uh, uh, north. Um, the, partly because infectious disease was much less well-controlled here uh, in, in, in this much more uh, poor rural area. By the time we get to uh, 1981, the position is totally reversed. Um, here, the higher mortality levels are found in, in the more developed, richer um, uh, uh, northern part of Italy, where people are very much uh, living ways of life similar to those experienced in, in neighbouring uh, Austria uh, and other parts of, of Europe. Uh, down here in the south, uh, the pattern of mortality is, is much, uh, much lower. Uh, the burden of infectious disease has been eradicated by this time, as it has been throughout Europe, east and west. Um, but this part of, of the country is experiencing the, the benefits of, of, still was in 1981 anyway, the benefits of the Mediterranean diet. Uh, this was not, not the case here, where the diet is much more like that, that which uh, the neighboring Germanic populations uh, or, or, uh, tend to eat. 
Um, likewise, in France, uh, back in, this is uh, um, 1901, uh, the highest mortality areas in, in, in France were down here in, uh, in, in the south and some uh, over here in, in, in Fonty Street in Brittany and, and Normandy. By the time we get to uh, 1981, it's completely reversed. It's believed the same sort of reason. Uh, all sorts of interesting changes going on uh, of that kind. The special problem of uh, the high mortality levels among males in, in Eastern Europe, which I mentioned, um, has, has puzzled many people. The, um, the, the, the proximate causes are quite clear. It's to do with very high and not diminishing rates of heart disease, uh, 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 quite high and increasing rates of cancer, very high levels of accidents and violence, particularly related to drink, but it's by no means uh, all of that, although that's the, 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 the best known aspect of this high mortality, I guess. Uh, one general theory put forward by Elwood Carlson um, is the pattern of mortality uh, in, in these countries, which, uh, which is unique to the, to the former communist countries, uh, and also is concentrated among men of older working age, not so much among women, not so much among children, not so much among old people. Um, he calls this the, the state socialist mortality syndrome, and in brief attributes it to um, the, the, the forced industrialization and the forced urbanization which took place more or less throughout this, this, this era um, from, well, from 1917 in, in the, or 1920 uh, in the case of Russia, from 1945 in the case of, of, of uh, Central and Eastern Europe outside Russia, um, which transformed a, a, a rural poor population practicing uh, mostly primary activities uh, into one uh, forced into, into secondary and tertiary activities, particularly secondary ones, industrial activity, uh, often of an extremely dangerous kind, um, uh, which, which led uh, to, to uh, major changes in, in social organization, the disruption of, of family structure, uh, the concentration of population in very inadequate, rapidly built urban housing, and all the rest of it, which you can see there. It's a complex theory, um, one which um, uh, it would take a long time to expand properly, but as far as Elwood Carlson and, and others too are, are concerned, the primary ultimate reason for these uh, interesting and very distinctive patterns of mortality is, is socio-political uh, and, and not, not to do with random changes in, in, uh, uh, in mortality for other reasons. What happens next? Onwards and upwards appears to be the sign that the, 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 the graphs are all pointing upwards in, 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 um, in the West anyway, I mean Western Europe, uh, the US and other developed countries outside Eastern Europe, those parts of Eastern Europe which are, which are reformed, like those parts which have joined the EU, Hungary, Poland, Czech, uh, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, um, uh, the, which have joined the European Union, their death rates are all moving upwards again as they should have been for the last 50 years but haven't been. Um, how, how long can this continue? All sorts of factors argue one way and the other. Uh, and this is a, a strong argument, a strong source of, of dispute among my colleagues. In fact, uh, of all the arguments within, within demography, uh, aside from migration, uh, the argument as to the, as to the, um, um, the likelihood of, of continued improvements onwards and upwards for a long time in survival, uh, compared with the likelihood of this grinding to a halt thanks to obesity and so on, generates some of the most uh, fierce arguments, even personally hostile arguments, uh, 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 anywhere in the subject. Um, all sorts of reasons lead one to suppose that, that things will continue to improve. Fundamental objections are, are raised to this uh, in, in terms of the, the, the impossibility of, of any organism being capable of, of, of self-repair for, for uh, uh, endless periods of time uh, and the difficulty of, of, uh, of reinventing the entire human body uh, through technical innovation. 
um, and, and also the, the, uh, more, more practical objections are, are raised against the prospect of continual mortality improvement arising from this really very alarming level of rising obesity, of which you'll doubtless know a, a great deal through Stanley Oliasic's le lectures, uh, and other sorts of problems, uh, the possible re-emergence of old diseases, the possibility of bird flu mutating into something seriously epidemically damaging, uh, and, and so on. Um, the improvements are clearly going to take place and have been taking place uh, at older ages. Um, mortality below age 60 is now so low that even if it were totally abolished, it would not make a very big difference to expectation of life at birth. About 97% of newborn babies now can expect to live to age 60. Uh, so getting rid of that mortality is, is, uh, is going to be difficult uh, and, and also will not make much difference. The improvement is going to take place as it has been taking place over the last uh, 40 years or so in, in the population aged over 65, which uh, cheers me up no end. Uh, and as you can see in this graph, from 1850 uh, up to the middle of the century, very little improvement uh, in, in uh, expectation of life at age 65. Um, from then onwards, starting particularly with the females, and then later on among males, it, it's been increasing at an exponential rate. And it is there um, that um, further improvement must take place in order uh, for the overall expectation of life to continue increasing at the, the very satisfactory linear pattern, which has been showing for, for some time now. Here's um, just one of very large numbers of, of, of warnings against expectation of, uh, of continued improvement arising out of obesity and the transmission of obesity from children to parents, which is a, a very serious problem. Um, these are the, the uncertain expectations of the Office of National Statistics. Uh, this is their projection for uh, expectation of life at birth uh, from uh, the 2008 uh, projections going up by 2081 uh, to about 93 for females and about uh, 88 uh, for males. Uh, typically, um, the, the pattern of linear improvement which they allow to continue in these projections until 2030 is then bent downwards. Actuaries hate linear improvements in mortality. And partly for scientific reasons and partly for reasons of caution, uh, it is, as you see, bent here in the principal projections. The... Um, the higher projection, the alternative, the, the, the face-saving alternative projection uh, of a higher level, le leaves these to be continued in a linear fashion, uh, reaching nearly 100, as you see, for females by 2081 and about 97 for males. Um, that will be really very interesting. Uh, this is, uh, this is um, the, the pessimistic possibility. This is the, the other alternative projection, showing no improvement at all after 2031, with um, sticking at more or less Japanese levels. That's really very, very pessimistic. Um, but we will, we will see which of those is right. Um, you know, that's just the difference between England and Wales and Scotland. We'll pass on uh, away from that. We're getting to some very interesting expectations of life at birth. Here is Madame Jeanne Calmont, who died aged 122. I'm very sorry uh, that I couldn't find a photograph of her with her customary glass of red wine uh, in her hand and her, uh, her previously frequently smoked cigarettes in her mouth. But that's what she used to do, and she felt that all that stuff about cigarettes and wine was all nonsense. Uh, and uh, here she is in, uh, in 1997. 122 is so far unbeaten. Um, uh, here is Ed Edgar Sharp, uh, born 1886 and died aged 180 in 1994 um, in his youth, in his marriage, uh, and in his old age. Um, uh, here is Henry Allingham, who was the world's oldest man, uh, born in 1899, uh, fought at the Battle of Jutland, and, and here he is at the Cenotaph 
um, in, the 19, in 2004 and just died a couple of years ago. So, so the, the maximum age at life, uh, 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 of expectation of life is, 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 is getting greater. The numbers of centenarians is hugely increasing. Uh, is the centenarians are the most rapidly increasing group of people in, in, in Western Europe. Um, uh, they'll be numbered in their millions by the end of the century if, if things go on as they are. So, the pattern is a, a, a favourable one. Mortality is falling. Every year uh, that, that passes, we get a bonus of three months extra in terms of expectation of life on current trends, uh, which cheers me up no end. Um, uh, big 20th century divergences between West and Eastern Europe, which have by no means yet entirely evaporated. They're still uh, alive and, uh, and unwell uh, in Eastern Europe. Um, persistent differences in, uh, in levels of mortality also between uh, social groups, between occupational groups, income groups, uh, social classes. Um, the interest nowadays, of course, is powerfully focused upon survival of people in older ages. That's where all the improvement has been happening and has to continue to happen if the overall level of survival is going to continue uh, to increase. Something I have not spoken of for lack of time is the paramount importance of these extra years of life being predominantly years of, of active, enjoyable, useful and possibly employable life. Um, if uh, the extra years of life are primarily going to be spent uh, drooling in a wheelchair, this is not going to be very beneficial to anyone uh, at all. Um, all sorts of uh, unsolved scientific problems about uh, the, the likelihood of future, future improvements in survival, the extent to which the, the human genome in its present form can sustain uh, a continual repair of DNA and, and cell uh, processes in, in, into older life. Um, um, and uh, important also to realize that, that uh, given that the, the birth rate has now ceased to fall and appears to be creeping upwards even, that beyond, after the next two or three decades, all future patterns of population aging are going to be determined by future levels of, of human survival uh, and not by the birth rate. Uh, I will stop there. Thank you very much.